You're listening to the Della Darling Podcast. I'm Emily. And I'm Dara. We're taking Dara's love of telling people's stories, Emily's love of attending events, and our mutual love of the first date, and highlighting the best people to meet, places to go, and things to do that Delaware has to offer. Hello everyone! I'm so excited to be back with another sort of holiday season episode. We're going to chat all of the things we normally do, what we've been up to, some Delaware news, um, and then we're actually going to bring my mom on. (laughs) So some of you will remember she was our special correspondent to The Voice um, back in episode two all the way back in April. Um, And the really cool thing is that this time we're talking about more than just the voice. So we had a pretty quick chat with her last time. We were hoping it would be a regular segment, at least for a few episodes. Unfortunately, that didn't, that didn't work out. Um, The voice, apparently the people voting in America did not agree with us (laughs) that Kelsey Johnson was number one, but um, we're so excited. She's going to come on with us later and we're going to, we're going to pitch her some Hallmark movie ideas. She is an avid Hallmark movie watcher. I, I, I think that if she wanted to change careers, she could be an exec. I think she could be one of the people who sort of helps people um, storyboard and she's going to help us workshop some ideas we came up with. So Emily, this is an episode that I have been looking forward to for a long time. So I'm glad that we're finally doing it and I'm excited to see um, what ideas she, she comes back at us with to really flesh out our stories. Me too. Me too. I, I'm even seeing like this, this might have to be maybe an annual segment. So we, we sort of next year, we maybe come back and maybe we've written out a little novella. Maybe we do a little um, like War of the World style short story on air, <laughs> something like that. I think it'll be great. So, of course, we get inspiration for these upcoming Hallmark movie ideas from what we do in Delaware. Um, So what have you been up to? I, you know, I've been up to a lot all at once. So um, some people saw on Instagram, I actually went to Regal Brandywine twice last week to see Sleepless in Seattle. Why not? So um, Regal Brandywine actually does a lot of throwback movies. Every single week they do a different one. And a lot of times they're not things I'm interested in, but sometimes they are. And I love Sleepless in Seattle. It was the 25th anniversary and they actually played an interview with Meg Ryan. And I don't remember his name, but I believe he was one of the producers. So he actually helped to pull Nora Ephron into the project. And um, Nora really insisted it be Meg Ryan. So it was really interesting to get that perspective from them. But I, I loved it so much I went twice. So I just want to remind people that there are even special events that are at our local movie theaters that you aren't always thinking about. So it's always good to check out their websites and see what's playing. So I did that. I had a happy hour with some friends from work at 8th and Union. And I actually recently joined my 80 Pi alumni chapter here in Wilmington. So I had a luncheon with with some lovely ladies at Cokesbury, which was really nice. And then the other really big news, um, you guys will all remember we had Ariane Harley, who's the director of music and operations at the Choir School of Delaware, come on the podcast last episode. He talked about a lot of things, but I officially today received my welcome message. So I have actually joined the board of directors for the choir school. Congratulations. So um, this, this is the first step in my lifelong career dream to be an heiress. Um, okay. I, I would like, if I, if I didn't have to work for money, I would be an heiress and I would just be on charity boards and I would, I would sort of do good for the community, but also jet set to exotic locations. If I may, this sounds like a good plot for a Hallmark movie. Uh, you know, I really think it does. Um, and so, like I said, this, this is my first charity board. I'm really excited. It's, it's an organization I feel really passionately about and I, I just think it's, it's going to be a great experience for me. So I was trying to pack in some holiday activities this month um, and I feel like I'm either all over the holidays or I'm in the other direction Um, but the past couple weekends I went with my family to cut down a Christmas tree we went over to the Brandywine River Museum where we saw the classic trains on display my family's a big classic train family Um, and we also went to the annual critter sale it was the first time that I've been there Um, but volunteers at the museum they use natural materials like pine cones and acorns uh, to make little critters so there were owls there were Rudolphs Um, so they're they're holiday themed DIY animals are they all critters they're all critters okay but but the idea is you are creating a critter from natural art yes okay and you can hang them on your tree okay you can put them on your windowsill um, I decided to get the Reveling River Rat Critter. 
Um, and this is apparently the, the signature critter, but it's this little jaunty rat wearing a, a vest made of a leaf and he's holding a martini. Check out the Insta, y'all. We will be showing you on the Insta. Words do not do it justice. I talked with a, one of the volunteers there and she said a single volunteer like makes all of the, the reveling river rats. Oh, so, so sometimes there are certain ones that are so popular they come back year it's, after year. It's the, this is the signature hmm. okay. um, critter. So I'm glad that now I have one for my Christmas tree. Um, but I was sad that, I don't know how I missed this, but there's a special exhibit at the galleries now called Holidays and Snow Days. And it's featuring um, story illustrations from different holiday children's books that are modern um, holiday children's books. Um, so I think Nutcracker and Har Harlem is one of them. That sounds great. That sounds like something that's probably running through the end of the month. I think so. I, I hope that I can run back there and check it out. But uh, I think I was just so excited by the critters and the trains that I accidentally walked by that gallery. And I love illustration. So I'm hoping to, to go back and check it out sometime. But it does sound like a great family activity. So um, if you have maybe like in-laws visiting and you have your kids, it sounds like something that sort of everybody can find something they like yes. at the Brandywine River Museum. And one of my favorite parts of the train display is that there's a, a seek and find. So you can, you're there and you're looking for the Dunkin' Donuts truck, you're looking for the lighthouse. I enjoy doing this. I definitely appreciate that, um, even as an adult, but it's definitely a great activity for kids too. So one thing that I wanted to ask you was, how are you doing on your Christmas gift shopping? Um, you know, my gift shopping is pretty limited. I think with most of my friends, we've sort of all made a decision that, you know, we're at a point in our lives where we don't really need, we don't need the things, we don't need to spend mm -hmm. the money. The thought is nice, but I think it's, Especially for me, we talk about my love languages sometimes, but I'm a quality time person. So it's more important to me that we spend time together doing something. So mm -hmm. you and I got together with our other girlfriends. We made jam with your mom. Um, and, and even getting together and recording the podcast tonight with my mom is, is nice. And I think a fun sort of holiday thing that we just did. So I, I don't have a ton of gift shopping. I actually just sort of have my immediate family, which is just my parents and my brother, and then the grandparents. So my parents and my brother, I'm done shopping, but the grandparents, it's another story. I actually need to, need to give my brother a phone call um, because he tends to really push me to coordinate and then we, we divide and conquer on grandparent gifts. That's always helpful. I was reading Technically Delaware this past week and they did a local gift guide and I will, I, I do like online ordering because it's so easy, but they reminded me that on Etsy you can search by location so you can just see um, whatever, the different Etsy sale shops that are in the Delaware area. That's a great trick and you know, I didn't know that, but I think it's something I'm actually gonna look at for gifts for my grandmothers. Go for it. So Dee, let, let's move on to some news. You know, we've had so many great guests the last few months and I love that, but we, we have been slacking on bringing you guys the funny, the weird, and the wacky Delaware news. So I know we've got one really good holiday themed news story, so give it to me. I have been loving some of the uh, weird and wacky Delaware traditions that Patty Tallarico has been serving up over at the News Journal. And uh, I think the one that made the biggest splash, at least with the people that I, I've been talking to, was the Claymont Christmas Weeds 25th anniversary. So back in the day, um, and I love that the way local news is wrapped up in this story, um, because the heart of it is that 25 years ago, um, a news journal photographer saw this Christmas weed that was growing um, out of the side of the road, and he'd noticed that some locals uh, had decorated it like a Christmas tree. So he snapped a photo. Um, it ended up running in the paper as just a little, a bright, um, just something like a, a pick-me-up photo. Um, and then it became a thing. Um, there, someone took down the, the Christmas weed, the original one, because it was there, there was safety hazard involved. Um, the locals got upset. At one point, the news journal, um, they brought it, they got in a new weed, and the news journal, this is back in the day when newspapers were doing really great, they hired a security guard to watch it all night. Whew. You know, I love these crazy people of Delaware. They are really something. There was a little... Um, Christmas story about the weed published in the paper. Um, and now there's a parade where the, the Christmas weed, which is in a pot, I believe in the story, um, it's usually 
growing in some woman's yard and then they dig it up and put it in the pot every year and decorate it. Mm-hmm. Um, and the, the weed is paraded through town. Um, and now we have this, this wonderful weed tradition. You know, it's almost like a Charlie Brown Christmas, but for Delaware. Yeah, I think that's an accurate way to put it. I just love that. Um, you know what I don't love, but I understand. Today, Monday, December 10th, we're recording this on Monday. You guys won't hear it until later in the week. But, um, you know, Wawa raised their price of coffee 10 cents today. It's been a while since I've got any Wawa coffee. I'm sorry to say. I, had, I, I, buy, I buy about one cup of coffee from Wawa a month. So I think I can afford the $1.20 it's going to cost me over the next year. But for some people, you know, that's that's 30 days in a month, 10 cents. A that's $3. They're really going to have to adjust their coffee budgets. Um, but there's some other coffee news at Wawa. And does this excite you at all? Um, yes. Okay. So Wawa is having a new coffee this season called the Wawa Winter Reserve Coffee Stout. It's a limited edition release. And they partnered... They partnered with Delaware County's 2SP Brewing. Are you familiar with them at all? I, I'm not. I've never been there. And it's Delaware County, so it sounds like it's a Pennsylvania-based brewery. So you just mentioned Delaware County, and this reminds me that last week it was Delaware Day, a big day for us. Oh, we love Delaware Day. And again, going back to the News Journal, they published a story that was um, just like, you know, things you should know about Delaware on, on Delaware Day and things that Delawareans feel strongly about. And one of them was just like, we are not a county. It's true. We're a real place. Um, we're not Delaware County, Ohio. We're not Delaware County, Pennsylvania. We are the state of Delaware, numero uno. You know, actually, um, in in preparation for chatting with Kim, my mother, um, shortly, I'm envisioning like we could have a Hallmark movie that's a historical period piece, um, and maybe the whole Delaware becoming a state right around the holidays could be like a whole a whole theme for a movie. So they do, they do have some historic pieces, not too many, but I think we could, we could squeeze that one in. And I think that um, local character and quirky traditions are at the heart of a lot of Hallmark movies. And this is the start of those things. And yeah, so I'm, I'm really excited for the conversation that we're about to have. I think it's gonna be great. Um, and so I think we just have one more news story and you know, <laughs> It's so funny. Um, we Delaware usually falls somewhere in the middle, right around the average um, like value of a dollar in the U.S. You know, like some states have a much lower value of a dollar, dollar. Some are much higher, et cetera. We're usually right around the one to one ratio. Um, but but I was surprised to find out that we are pretty expensive for buying Christmas trees. I have to admit that my family usually buys our Christmas trees in Pennsylvania, um, so. I- I, I don't know. Well, so apparently buying a Christmas tree in Delaware cost an average of $68 in 2018 compared to $33 in North Dakota and $90 in New York. So what's surprising to me is even though that number seems like we're somewhere in the middle, we're really in the top 10. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would also say to that is that I saw around the corner at the Getty station, they were only $25. And I don't know, does this is this factoring in only... Um, like green real trees? Does it factor in the cost of artificial trees? I feel like artificial trees are probably a standard cost across the country. Because I, think it's, I think it's specifically about the real trees because um, I, I've heard a lot that there's the impending evergreen shortage mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. Be, because of various things like right. the weather. Well, and, and it's harder for us to get them. And, and, you know, it takes a long time for a Christmas tree to grow. Like, when you plant it, it's not like it's going to be ready next year. Right. It's like wine. I mean, wine you really can't have until the grapes have basically been growing for about seven seasons. Um, that's when they start making good wine. And I think Christmas trees are even longer. Dara, I feel like I, you would know better than me. You know what? I should know this, um, but I, I don't. I've always envisioned that when your parents move to New England with their blueberries, they will also have Christmas trees. It was talked about at one point. Yeah. Yeah. See, I, I'm glad to come and help run some sort of like... Christmas farm type events. So speaking of Christmas trees. And I Christmas t- tree farms. And Christmas tree farms. I'm One of the things that I want to share with you and your mom is an idea I have for a movie set at a Christmas tree farm in Delaware. And you know, I am super excited about this. We storyboarded a lot of these ideas together, but this one I haven't heard yet. So I think we're going to save that one for the end so that everyone can be a little surprised as we wrap it up. 
Well, mom, I'm so glad you could join us because we have been talking about this episode since July 4th, actually. I think we were all in a text conversation together. Yes, my mom and I were driving down to Williamsburg for sort of our, our annual, now annual, Guillen family 4th of July, and we were sort of um, chatting some ideas and brainstorming, and luckily for us, my mother claims to have forgotten everything we talked about. <laughs> so the good part is that she can now act as a Hallmark expert. God bless you, Nutmeg. So she's going to act as our Hallmark expert, um, and we're going to pitch story ideas for Hallmark movies. And I can't remember exactly how or when this happened, but I know that I was definitely watching Hallmark, and you and your family were watching Hallmark, and it was sort of a relief to find out that everyone was actually watching Hallmark together. Everyone watches Hallmark, and I, you know, it's so funny because we have actually been watching Hallmark movies for years at this point, but... I think it has really gotten to be like this pop culture phenomenon in the last couple of years. I mean, Hallmark is putting out 30-something movies. They're starting it before Halloween, and everybody is obsessed. They all love it. I'm glad to have a friend who watches Hallmark. I'm glad to be part of this phenomenon together. So, Kim, could you tell us what you are looking for in a Hallmark movie? What are, what are the hallmarks of a good Hallmark? <laughs> I like a lot of community activity in a Hallmark movie, so small towns, um, everybody knows each other. This probably swings back to, I grew up in a town of 6,000 people, so that's fairly small. Um, and I know that there are only a limited number of potential plot lines and we joke <laughs> about how they change, but um, I love a movie where at the end the two people in love get together. Mm -hmm. And that typically is how a Hallmark movie ends. So it's always a nice ending. Um, the other thing that I truly like, I think, right now in media, in movies, in television, in music, there's a lot of violence. Um, and so this is a place to have a respite to sort of the good old days. So I equate Hallmark to what Andy Griffith was for my mom's generation. You know, the Andy Griffith show is all, the, all shucks down home. Mm -hmm. You know, there would be a bad character now and then, but the bad character was really... You just needed to get him on the straight and narrow. He wasn't evil or anything. So I, that, they're the parts that I like, the community and the and Very wholesome. Very wholesome. Family friendly. So give us your, your top three favorite Hallmark movies. And just a quick description because not all of our listeners will know all of the movies as well as we do. The top three for Christmas? For Christmas. And then give us a couple of your favorite other seasonal Hallmark So movies. I'll give you my top two Christmas movies. Um, I would say that The Christmas Card is my favorite. I even own a DVD of it so I can watch it anytime I want that my uh, son gave to me. Uh, uh, yes, Alex gave it to you. So um, I love that one. That's sort of the wartime hero, hometown, family, business. It's, it's got all the aspects I like rolled into one. Um, and that is about a um, young man who's in the military and he gets out and comes to give notification to a wife of somebody in his unit who died under his watch. And he ends up staying in town. He, get, he gets a Christmas card from a church. Uh, and when he goes to visit this woman, um, the church in town is where he got the Christmas card from. So he goes to visit and he meets the young lady who wrote the card. And then... Um, Hilarity ensues and he ends up working for the business and then they fall, they in, fall love. in love. And interestingly, the the boyfriend who doesn't make it uh, into her life is, you know, the high flute and travel all over the world wine salesman. I have definitely seen this. Yes. Um, and, and my father has another, another word for these boyfriends, what we will call them the terrible ex-boyfriends. We is, can't say what he calls is them. Is Edna Asner... In, in Ed Asner is the father in that movie okay. and the owner of the business. Yes. And it's like a it's like a wood wood mill or something. It's a wood mill, okay. right? Okay, exactly. I've seen this. And then movie. your other favorite movie? My second favorite, uh, which is also a Christmas movie, is the most wonderful time of the year. So this is Henry Winkler's in this movie. So a lot of people might have seen it. You like the ones with the big names. Well, they happen to be the two big names. And uh, Henry Winkler is traveling to see his niece. He has no children, and his wife has recently died. He travels to see his niece in Chicago, and he meets a gentleman in the airport who helps him find his way on the plane because he's not used to planes. And then a snowstorm happens, and he, this gentleman can't get on from Chicago to Denver, 
Uh, they had been coming from New York. And so he ends up coming and spending two days at this woman's house. And they, of course, fall in love in two days. Okay. And, and also, the terrible ex-boyfriend has to go. And yeah, the, the ex-boyfriends tend to be very materialistic. They have jobs that require them to um, like fine, fine things that cost a lot of money, and sometimes just because they cost a lot of money. <laughs> okay, and then a lot of people don't realize that Hallmark even has other seasonal movies, right? Most of them come out at Christmas. I mean, they tout something like 37 came out this year. Um, but, you know, I really enjoyed some of the other seasonal films. Meghan Markle starred in one about 4th of July. Well, I, I, I can't choose a third. I, I can't, right now we're in Christmas season, so I can't uh, think yes. of the other seasons. But I was going to say, well, you know, Mark, Meghan Markle did the, the 4th of July. She one. did do a 4th of July movie. And, you know, we, we, as we said, we started this conversation about doing this episode over 4th of July. And, and we wanted, we were so excited, but Dara and I decided we had to take a step back so that we could do better research <laughs> on terrible ex-boyfriends, how to create a plot line for a Hallmark movie. Um, and, and I think we've come up with some good ideas. And since we're talking about 4th of July, Dee, let's, let's start with that one. Okay, so this is movie number one. And you'll, you'll let us know what you think. Um, plot holes, yes. you know, weaknesses. Um, we also do not have working titles for all of the movies. So if you have an idea for a working title, come at us with that. Yes. So the first one is First State Fireworks, and it's set at the beach. And this, we just, with these movies, we want to, we see a lot of potential in Delaware to be the set of a Hallmark movie. And so we're just going to go up and down the entire state. So this is set at the beach. And the heroine would have a stylish but sassy gay couple as friends who own a beach house in Rehoboth. After suffering a terrible breakup in public at a Memorial Day party, she decides to reset by spending the summer at the friend's house. And then there's a timeline here from Memorial Day to, to July 4th. She falls in love and has this first kiss, because the first kiss always comes at the end of the movie. The first kiss and the final scene are on the boardwalk under the 4th of July fireworks. And of course, there has to be some sort of possible misunderstanding and schism. Maybe they don't actually get together until Labor Day. We're willing to work with the, the summer timeline here. And of course, there has to be some sort of small town um, politics, pressure, party. So we imagine the heroine m might be responsible for planning the July 4th, July 4th fireworks show. Um, maybe the love interest is a city councilman or an environmentalist who's concerned about what's happening at the beach. Right, and we, we had some great conversations about this. So the city councilman, we, we weren't sure because they, they should be working together, right, to bring tourists in. But we thought maybe he would be like a small business owner um, and maybe his business is, does, does not do well with the tourism. I don't, we, maybe he's concerned about the youngins. He's, right, he's concerned about vandalism, that kind of thing. But the other option was an environmentalist, and I really liked this idea, and he is concerned about sort of the environmental impact of having this huge 4th of July fireworks parade and on the boardwalk and on the beach because you have plastic straws everywhere. So we sort of thought maybe we could do like a little um, EPA-themed 4th of July movie. And, it, and it's a little something different because he's an environmentalist and not a city councilman. Yes. So, so I think this one's interesting. The, the title is perfect, right? First State Fireworks, and we all love the beach. Um, so I think that's good. Uh, you do need to be sure, and you've somewhat covered this, that the love interest, this is um, not necessarily true of the boyfriend who's not going to be the long term. Okay. The terrible ex-boyfriend. Terrible ex-boyfriend. But the love interest does need to have a job that allows a lot of flexibility for them to be meeting up in different situations. Oh, that's a good point. You know what? They might have to meet over coffee to do some sort of planning. And then... Right. I, I imagine... Um, ice cream? Right. Dollies. Ice cream. Um, they will need to run into each other at the Sea Glass Festival. I think that he might have like a nephew or something that he'd be taking out to ice cream or to like Funland, it's and it, they'd run into each other there. Someone would probably drop an ice cream cone on someone else's shirt. He could have a dog and they, they run on the beach together in the mornings and you know she's going through this breakup and finding of herself so she also runs on the beach in the mornings. So oftentimes the love interests both are trying to find themselves. So another option that could work in the summer at the beach is that he's a musician and he's playing at 
Oh. oh bottle and cork, bottle and cork. The starboard. And so she meets him and thinks he's a cocky musician. Who, you know, she has one impression. Mm-hmm. And then she runs into him again when she's visiting somebody at the hospital and he's actually there playing for the children's mm-hmm. ward. Mm-hmm. So you, you, you have mm-hmm. some ways you can play with And that. we can pull him in because he can maybe be headlining sort of the, the pre-fireworks concert. Actually, this gives me an interesting idea. Some people might not know, but people do still go to the beach in the wintertime. Yes. And you could possibly switch the storyline to New Year's Eve. We could. We could. And maybe then there's something happening where, you know, businesses need some influx of cash. Oh. There aren't enough tourists. Right. And he could be a city councilman because then they would need to be working together to bring the tourists in. So that might, that might, you know. Maybe now, he's playing the new two movies show. The same place. One of the things that's happening more and more frequently on Hallmark is they do a movie, and you know, in the movie, there's typically not a wedding at the end. There's just the first kiss and the, and the, fi- you know, mm-hmm. the, the, the final scene of the is relationship the there. But um, in many cases, they're they're causing second and third movies where the chemistry between the two love interests is strong, right? And so we saw in the Christmas area. We just saw um, Finding Father Christmas a couple of years ago, which was about a woman who um, didn't know her father ever. And she goes in search of him and, and does find him in a small town and finds a love interest there. And then we had Engaging Father Christmas was last Christmas. That was a follow-on, oh. so you knew the plot to the first one, and this was how the proposal happens. And then this year is Marrying Father Christmas, which I have not seen yet. I have on my DVR. But but this could lead us to a lot of holidays. So we could this do we could do the proposal comes at New Year's and then we could have a follow-up spring wedding mm-hmm. at the beach. Now another possible meetup in the summer activity, or if you wanted to do it in the fall even better, is and I'll give a shout out to a business that I I know the people there and I and I love Kelly Munyon dear, dearly. Um, but at Nicola's, um, which is the Stromboli pizza location that's uh, right there on Rehoboth Beach, they do a lot of, they have a new sports bar now. So they could actually be in the sports bar and one be an Eagles fan and one be the opposing team. Well, fan. the Ravens people or, could, could or the Redskins, which could I guess be. they're still called the Redskins. Um, or preferably the musician could be from Dallas, which makes sense. And Cowboys is the real rivalry. So there are a lot of, um, I think there's a lot to play with there. We do have a lot of options for, for beach set. I think the next one on the list, Emily, you were really excited about. Oh, I just love it. And the name is so cliche, but like it just has to be the name because how could it be anything else? And this one is called Winter at Winterthur. Okay. And I don't know how it could not be called that because that is what Hallmark would call it. So in this one, we're pulling in some of our favorite, favorite things about the Christmas season in Delaware. We have all of these beautiful gardens and estates from the DuPont family. And so in this one, they're sort of all battling it out over who will host Joe Biden's Christmas Eve gala. Okay, so our heroine is the event coordinator at Winterthur. Um, One week before Christmas, Joe announces that he will be hosting a Christmas party or a holiday party on Christmas Eve. um, And he will choose just two days before the event who will host the party out of the various estates. So Nemours is battling, Longwood, Winterthur, Hagley. So we have a lot of really great options here. Um, And so of course we want our heroine to secure her role as the top estate event coordinator in in Delaware. Um, And so she has to work to get everything ready and prepare for the presentation for him to choose. So I'm thinking the love interest here could be the landscaper and floral designer on the estate. And so they have to work very closely together, but also they will have a lot of romantic tension. They will not get along or have the same vision, but somehow they will be able to marry the two visions together. And of course, Joe Biden will choose Winterthur for his party. Um, something I thought would be really fun to throw in as a twist would maybe maybe he would have a terrible ex-girlfriend and she would be the event planner for Hagley or Nemours. And so we would, we would throw a wrench in and we would sort of have a little rivalry going on. Um, and maybe somebody like John Carney will say, oh, I'm so inspired. I will host a party at, at your venue. I think that for this one, we also need some sort of big city element because another 
key aspect of Hallmark movies is that somebody comes from the big city and is just charmed by the local community. So maybe she used to live in New York and got pulled in at the last minute to do this to event. Do this. And, and she falls in, maybe it's a trial. Maybe she's thinking about taking a job here. Um, and, and this is how it works out. And you know, there are some great scenes we have well, the Christmas lighting, the Christmas tree lighting in Rodney Square is much earlier in December, but Hallmark movies, they don't really stick to true right. timelines. True. So I feel like, you know, maybe Joe Biden announces at the tree lighting ceremony yes. this this competition. Um, and and maybe then she's she's suddenly overwhelmed at the thought of I thought I was here for a visit to check out the property and now I'm planning this event. Mm-hmm. So uh, I, I like that. I think there's a lot you can do with an estate employee. The one hole I see is that they would have been working together already. So let's put her at the estate already. Um, one potential city mix you can do is that uh, in this scenario that you've set up, everyone would want to have the best chef. So I would picture a chef out of Philadelphia who's very well known and she's connected to him in some way and he comes down to look and he appears to be arrogant and they right away have a conflict and he wants to serve all this nouveau food and she's saying, no, we have to stick to um, the Delaware favorites. It's Joe Biden. I mean, we've got to have... We need know, ice and it's the DuPonts. We need ice cream in molds. We need ice cream in... <laughs> right. So she gives him both the, the cheesesteak... Um, side of Joe Biden and, and he begins a fusion process between the old cooking that would have happened on the yeah. estate and its interest mm -hmm. of time and mm -hmm. they begin to work together she teaches him a lot of history and they're able to pull together the final mm -hmm. thing now the interesting thing can be his college girlfriend is the other estate um, planner and she's trying to get him to do her venue and there are a number of things that can happen there in a plot where He's talking to our Winterthur young lady, and she overhears something and tries to sabotage it. Are you saying there's it. some sort of misunderstanding? There <laughs> is. The misunderstanding. The misunderstanding. So oh. I think you're on the right track, right? I think that the food thing is always nice because he can then take her to the city and walk her through Reading Terminal. We're going to try oh. some local foods. Mm -hmm. There are a lot of venues. He can take her to a very upscale restaurant mm -hmm. in Philadelphia with some more traditional mm -hmm. foods. They might even take a little side trip to Old Newcastle or even to Williamsburg to get the flavor of you know, Colonial. Well, foods. Old Newcastle. We'll keep it. We'll keep it home. They'll stop by Jessup's yeah. Tavern. Right. We want to do lots of um, tourist product placement. We um, this year they did a movie Christmas at Graceland. Um, and, and I told Dara this joke and I told you this joke, but the listeners have not heard it. And it's pretty funny. It's um, pretty funny. Kelly Pickler can carry a tune, but she cannot carry a movie. <laughs> it's, it's, it's great. It's one of my very sassy, like real housewives type confessional lines. Um, but what I will say for that movie is that Graceland and Memphis in general were highlighted very well. And our intention is that everyone knows these films are in Delaware. It's Delaware. So should we move on to the third one? Which I, I love do. the title for. I love the title. It's not very Hallmark, but it's a little more like ABC Family type movie. It's freeform now. And just so you know, in Lifetime movies, they kiss way earlier. You don't have to wait till the very end. Right. So Hallmark does hold it out till the end. Um, so this one is called Don't Go Punkin' Chunkin' My Heart. <laughs> How can you pass on a movie that has that title? So I feel particularly connected to this movie for a couple of reasons. I love squash. Pumpkin is a squash. I think pumpkin is great to cook with in the fall. Um, also, our heroine is an engineer. Um, and so I feel connected to her in that way. But in this movie, she has, she has moved away to the big city. Um, she's an engineer who's working there. She is fired or laid off. That's sort of subject to Samara. Anyway, she goes home that evening. She's telling her, you know, terrible ex-boyfriend, who she's still dating at that point, all she's trying to tell him she was laid off, and he dumps her. And so she's been fired, she has been dumped, and so, you know, she decides, well, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, my lease is up, I'm gonna take some time at home in Delaware with my family. And so she comes home, and what do you know? The annual Delaware Pumpkin Chunkin is coming up, and she decides to design a trebuchet. The problem, of course, is that 
like me, she's a design engineer. So on paper, she can design it all, but actually getting out the saw and all of the pieces and building this trebuchet, it does not go well. There's a montage. Everybody loves a good movie montage mm -hmm. of her trying and failing. And so um, I think we envisioned at some point, she goes to shoot, you know, whatever tennis ball or, or item she's using and some stray dog finds the ball and it turns out to be the dog of the love interest okay. or the dog of the nephew of the love interest. Something we may, we may bring kids. We're not sure how many of these movies need to have children. Hallmark has a fine balance of not every movie has kids, mm -hmm. but, but some of them we have to, we have to include those. Mm -hmm. So he turns out to be the local handyman and carpenter. And so they're able to team up and build this trebuchet that wins pumpkin chunkin. I think that there should be another detail added that she doesn't just freely decide to participate in the pumpkin chunkin, but I think her dad, you know, there's always that sort of mm -hmm. older gentleman who tells the kids to, to buck up. I think he should come in and he should say, you know what, sweetie, I think you're down in the dumps and you might need a project to work on right now. You used to love doing the pumpkin chunkin in high school. Like, and she'll, and she'll, she won't want to do it. She'll think it's ridiculous. But then eventually she'll realize that she needs to get out of the, off the couch. Right. Well, and a lot of people don't realize this, but um, Pumpkin Chunkin doesn't exist anymore. So that is sort of a part of Delaware culture that I'm sad about. But when I was in high school, there were actually high schools that had Pumpkin Chunkin teams. So the same way you might have Science Olympiad, they had teams that spent like the entire year leading up to Pumpkin Chunkin designing and building their trebuchets. So I think a lot of people can feel really connected to this. So I think I do see a kid connection in this movie. Um, so that we're empowering both women in engineering, but also girls. And so um, if she comes home and either her sister or brother has a daughter who is in that 10-year-old range, and when they talk about the pumpkin chunkin', she's not really interested because only the boys do that. And then there becomes this... Oh, this female empowerment. Right. They have to partner right. up. And she, mm. she ends up with the carpenter who... Um, so let, let's give the daughter maybe middle school and she ends up with the carpenter who, let's just pretend this still happens, teaches shop class at the middle school. And oh. so the daughter gets the two of them together when they need help with the carpentry. Oh, yeah. I and like this. this. I like this. It works. And that, that helps to get him really invested in the project. Right. So I like that. Mm -hmm. Maybe he even has um, an all-women's shop class so that, sure. you know, so that we, we have that opportunity right. to succeed um, without the pressures of being in a mixed gender environment. Because at one point, I think they probably still do, I knew the, the auto teacher at AI DuPont, and he had a powder puff uh, auto class, and it was to teach um, girls who were interested the basics, the same kind of class they had for the young men, but teach them how to change a tire, change your oil, diagnose basic things in your car. So he could have very much a powder puff kind of. A powder puff shop class, I love it. I think that's a great idea. Okay. So I don't know if anyone can tell, but we're sort of moving through each season. And that was the original goal, to come up with one Hallmark movie per season. Yes, and then and then we came up with quite a few We more. couldn't stop. <laughs> uh, so then the next one on the list is a springtime one, of course, because we haven't hit that one yet. And this one, unfortunately, is Untitled. Untitled Delaware Hallmark project set in springtime. Yeah, there's a lot of springtime. We had we envisioned like a number of spring scenes, but we we didn't we don't know. No. So, but at the heart of this idea is that we need to do something for the flower market in Wilmington, and um, we thought that maybe this would be a great like rivalry movie because you know there's always the Hallmark where they're like they're they're competing against each other and then it turns out that they're actually on the same side or something. So we have um, a young chef who wins a competition and she, she's wanting to fund her own food truck. And this food truck is gonna end up at the, at the flower market. And maybe there's the opposing chef is the love interest. Um, and we're envisioning kind of every day the flower market has a competition. Maybe one day it's dessert, the next day it's bread. And then the final day has to be this live chopped challenge. And this was inspired by the actual chopped challenge that the flower market does do as a fundraiser in the wintertime. Yeah, some people don't know this, but it's like, they call it like rain day insurance. 
because the flower market is a fundraiser. Right. So the flower market actually raises money um, to basically give grants to other nonprofit organizations. So um, the choir school, we had Ariane on last week, which we've talked about earlier in this episode, but um, they receive money from the flower market fundraising and that kind of thing. But when it rains, the flower market really struggles to bring in that kind of money. So they've started doing other events throughout the year, including a chopped challenge, which we went to last year. Mm -hmm. And here we have a lot of details, but not a firm storyline. So please, you can help, you can help us massage this. Um, there might be a twist where her family might own a business and they really want her to go into that business. Maybe it's a law firm, but she wants to make her own way in the world and she really wants this food truck. Um, we have a few ideas for the love interest. He could be a local real estate mogul. Maybe her parents do own a restaurant, but it's struggling. Maybe he's the opposing chef. Maybe he's a beverage supplier. Um, and then this is just, this is a random Ugh, detail, but it's the best part. one. This is my favorite part. Do you want to tell it? I, I do. Okay. I do. Because I wrote the line, that line. Okay. okay. So in our dramatic ending scene where they get together and, and her food truck be, is a success, um, there is a cranky old man who has been there every day and, and he seems to not like anything about the flower market, her, her food, nothing. But it turns out in, in the final scene, he, he has his heart melted and maybe it, it even breaks the Grinch measuring device, you know? Um, and he puts $100 bills in the tip jar. And it turns out he's rich and he just thinks she's so great, but he is just a cranky old man. But she has been so kind to him throughout this whole season. So that's a great role for Ed Asner. He tends <laughs> to play the guy on the bench, right, with the insights. Um, yeah, I like where you're going with this one. Um, what I was thinking is her parents could um, own a very high-end bakery, like really high-end wedding cake kind of mm -hmm. business. But she's interested in more among the people. And so she sticks with the pastry theme. Um, but her specialty is ladybug cookies because ladybugs are the state oh. bug. Delaware I like does that. Have a state I like bug. that. We we could even because we do stretch timelines and how things happen. We could even have like the ladybug festival. Maybe it's one day of the flower market. They have live music, so maybe maybe there's like a ladybug set the day. You know, maybe she and the love interest like bump into each other at the ladybug festival and they have such a great time together that they're like well maybe the other one isn't that bad mm. so i also was thinking I, I know i keep changing the job of the love interest on you guys no that's but, okay but i was also thinking if this uh love interest is an actual entomologist at the brand at the zoo mm -hmm. which mm -hmm. is right there where this festival is held mm -hmm. uh she's known for ladybugs and he sees a ladybug on the track truck and somehow there is an introduction, you know, a cute, meet cute kind of thing over mm -hmm. the ladybugs, but it could also mean that we title the movie Ladybug, Ladybug Love because they each would oh. have this ladybug oh, connection. Oh, I like that. Okay. I like that. I like that. Very nice. Um, and all kinds of things can happen in that one, right? Like there is um, an issue with a, a ladybug shortage and somebody does something to harm that or... You know, they, they, mm -hmm. a lot of things can happen with saving the ladybugs. Right, right. I like that. We like being activists, so <laughs> I, I, I like that. Um, so I want to I want to give a throwback to an ep to something we talked about a few episodes ago. Um, I love NASCAR. Not everyone knows this. I did not know this until very recently. Um, we were given the opportunity to head to NASCAR for one of their big race weekends um, down at Dover Downs, the Monster Mile, and it turns out I love NASCAR. Um, really, I love anything where people go and they're excited and you're drinking beer outdoors. This is one of my favorite things about events. Um, and I, I love NASCAR. It's really fun. They had lots of great food, great alcohol, good wine, good beer, lots of things to do. Um, but I'm envisioning we could have a Hallmark movie set at NASCAR, so a big race weekend. Or um, actually Dover holds three NASCAR race weekends a year. So we have sort of a whole season long story arc that we can work with. So I'm envisioning our heroine as a child would go to the Monster Mile for a race every year with her father. Um, but then when she was a teenager, he died. And so she has fond memories, but also it's painful for her. Um, but 
for whatever reason, she ends up involved with NASCAR for the year. I, I, we haven't worked out how that, how that might work. Um, she, of course, has a meet-cute at the first race of the season with this hotshot driver. Maybe he's, he's fairly young, fairly new, and he just thinks like he's coming in and he's going to win it all. And he looks like he might, but maybe through the course of the season, she helps him to see that NASCAR isn't just about winning, right? It's about the love of the sport. And, and all of that. And they fall in love in the process, of course. I think this would be a good one for a special appearance by, insert celebrity here. I think Jeff Gordon could, could maybe give some advice. I think he's probably our most famous NASCAR driver. Uh, I'd love to see, is it Donica Patrick, who's the female driver? Danica Patrick. She may not be NASCAR, I don't know. Danica NASCAR. Patrick. Oh, you know, just because you said Danica, we, we didn't talk about who we could envision as our heroines in all of these movies mm -hmm. out of our various heroines. Um, but you know, you said Danica Patrick, which makes me think of Danica McKellar. Mm -hmm. And I, I actually really would have liked to see her in the Don't Go Pumpkin Chunk in My Heart. Um, I believe she actually has like a, maybe it's a neuroscience degree, some kind of... She's a mathematician. Right. So she's a math. So she should be doing Don't Go Pumpkin Chunk in My Heart. I think she'd be a yes. great heroine for that. Mm -hmm. um, and for those who don't know, Danica McKellar was an 80 pie and I was an 80 pie. So I feel very connected to her. Do you have any additional feedback on this one? Oh, we got sidetracked on Donna, Donica McKellar there. Um, so again, I think you, you have to figure out the community aspects of this. And so um, what would be interesting right now, there's about to open a new rehabilitation hospital in Dover. Um, it's coming soon. And they're, um, I think they're in the hiring process right now. They've had to build a new building. Uh, but in the past, anybody who had any kind of brain injury or something very serious would have to come all the way to Middletown, even though their family may be in the Dover area. So there could be a storyline about a, a crash from the previous season from a driver who has some rehabilitation he's still going through, and this woman could help to, to bring the driver into the community and, mm -hmm. and bring an awareness to safety in the cars or something along those maybe, lines. Maybe she's some sort of like PR person and so he, he has had some bad, something, something bad happened mm. publicity wise and so this is how this race season, right, he's going to be discussing. So he partners with the hospital and she steps in as a PR consultant and so even though she has this love of NASCAR and understanding of it, which is why he hires her, right? She has a difficult time sort of marrying her, her sort of sadness over her father dying with, mm -hmm. with having to promote NASCAR and all of these things. This is good. And um, it reminds me of, there was one with a, a football player who was injured and then he needed a PR person and then she ended up designing some sort of fashion jerseys on the side. Yes. Um, love by the sidelines. Very possible. Love on the sidelines. Love on the sidelines. Something, something along those That's lines. That's a pretty good one too. I've watched that a few times. Not the same, but I think we could, we could draw. We could help fill it out. And love in the pit. Love in the pit. Love in the pit. I was gonna say I don't have a name for it, but that could be. <laughs> well, you know, when you, um, so they, when you have access to the pit, I've now learned all of these terms. I'm, I'm a real NASCAR person now. <laughs> so when you have access to the pit, you have a cold pass, which means that you can be down there while everyone's getting ready. But once the race starts, you cannot be in the pit. But if you can be in the pit during the race, then you get a hot pass. And so maybe that maybe hot pass, something in there. That might be too racy. That might be for Lifetime. That might be a Lifetime movie um, or, or even Netflix. Um, but I'm thinking maybe we could do something with that. That sounds good. So I think that we might have time for one more. And this is one that I, I came up with the idea just a, a few weekends ago organically over the dinner table as one does. <laughs> Um, well, and we're we're heading back to Christmas time. Heading back to Christmas. I think that we do need to end on a Christmas one. So this is inspired by a real train that I have never ridden on myself, um, but I, I've heard about it. So Wiggins Christmas Tree Farm in Westchester, PA, you can ride the train to go get your, like a little, like the Wilmington Western Railroad. Mm -hmm. You can ride the train out to go pick out your Christmas tree to get it cut down. Um, and I think that sounds really cute. So um, this is the working title, Christmas Tree Train, very direct. <laughs> or we could always go the other route where it's like, cut down trees with me at Christmas time, because that's another, that, that's terrible. But you know how a lot of the titles are like, blah, 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 at Christmas time. Right, right. We'll storyboard this. We'll storyboard this. So a young woman is struggling to bounce back her family's Christmas tree farm, um, which she runs for her, with her aging uncle and aunt. 
Um, this year, she's hopeful that a special Christmas tree train event will help things come together. But the old engine is broken. She is so stressed out about this that she runs a stoplight and crashes into a big city, I, I don't know, a big, some sort of big city mechanic engineer, somebody who has the skills to fix this train. Maybe he's an Amtrak executive. Mm-hmm. Who the hell mm-hmm. knows? Um, so the old engine is broken, and he can fix it, but of course he has some sort of fancy car, and when she crashes into the car, he can't fix it because they have to order parts, which is also happens a this, lot. This is a long-term scenario. Somebody has to order parts. So he has to stay for his car to be repaired. He comes around to the small town atmosphere, falls in love with the girl, fixes the engine, everything turns out great. So I love this that he maybe is an Amtrak engineer. I think that really ties in, um, and we can make a few Joe Biden references with that. So, so that's more Delaware. I love that. I'm thinking maybe he's a single father who is so wrapped up in his job that he doesn't take time for things, the small things. And so maybe, maybe he is on the train when it breaks down with his children oh. and they're on their way to choose their tree. And then you have, they have to go tag the tree and then they have to come back to chop down the tree. And he has to help her maybe, maybe keep fixing this train as the, as the season goes on. So he, so maybe he, they have two little meet cutes and then they have to keep calling him because he offers his services and, and then they fall in love. Obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, I think both are interesting. I think Christmas tree train is a perfectly normal Hallmark title. It's good to go. <laughs> I think so. It pretty much tells you what it is. Um, it's a little bit like the um, ice sculpting movies. Okay. Okay. Because you brought it up, I wasn't going to. Alex, my brother, doesn't get that many shout outs on this podcast, but he's getting a big one tonight. So um, a couple of years ago, my mom had recorded a number of movies on her DVR, as she does, that they're all ready to go when he and I come home for the holiday. And so um, she had her her movies recorded, and she said, oh, let's watch one together. And she said, oh, you pick. And he said, well, all right, well, we'll, we'll pick one that you haven't seen. And there are some from previous years you have not seen, right? There are just a lot of Hallmark movies. And so he's going down the list, and he's reading you the title. Have you seen this one? Have you seen that one? And he says, Mom, have you seen Ice Sculpture Christmas? <laughs> um, I don't know. And so he reads her the description, which is that there are two ice sculptors in some sort of ice sculpting battle, right? Of course. And so they start the movie, and they're maybe five to ten minutes in, and she says, oh, this is the one about ice sculptures. (laughs) I have seen this one. And we're all very concerned, to be honest, with, like, her cognizant abilities at this point, because, yes, obviously it's the one about ice sculptures. Well... There are a lot of Hallmark movies, that's all I'll say. And there's more than one about ice sculptures. But that the second one came out after this incident. So <laughs> There was so. only one at the time. So I'll own that. That was uh, not my finest moment. But but Christmas Tree Train would be a descriptive title for this this movie. Christmas Tree Train is good and, and the, the um, what you described that somehow he has some way to fix the trains or his best college buddy or you know however that works. Mm-hmm. Um, but this one is another one where children are helpful because there will be a point at which he has an emergency business thing and mm. he's in a frantic mess to try and find a place for the kids and they stay and work the farm with her and fall in love with the farm and subsequently he can work at the farm. And... Okay. I'm envisioning they decorate um, Christmas cookies together. Maybe that's their activity when he comes to pick them up and so he then helps her to decorate and they can be shaped like Christmas trees. Yes. I see, I see lots of great Christmas tree motifs throughout the movie. So I'm, I'm thinking about what are all the Delaware connections to this. Obviously, the train is in Westchester, which is adjacent we to Delaware. We would have to move so it. So it counts. It counts. Well, we could use the um, Wilmington and Western Railroad. I mean, yeah, we can, that's true. We, and, and for all we know, there's something similar downstate. We're not as familiar right. with everything happening in Kent and Sussex counties. Um, so I think then it would be, I think the Amtrak piece is rather interesting, too. You could probably get some Amtrak... Um, the, the guys who do the tickets, they might, because they love trains, volunteer mm-hmm. at this place on weekend, and they know Joe Biden, and then suddenly you could get the Joe Biden connection. Oh, well, right. Maybe Joe Biden will will even come to pick out his Christmas tree, and he'll bring a news crew, and then everyone will come to get their Christmas trees, and it will save the farm. Save the farm. There you go. 
I do remember when we were reading Hope Never Dies over the summer, there was a scene in which Joe described that he like got home by taking a right at the Christmas tree farm or something like that. And this made little sense to us, but maybe we just didn't realize that there was a, a Hallmark movie potential here. I, I agree. We weren't, we weren't thinking Hallmark movie when we were analyzing Hope Never Dies. Um, and there were, you know, we talked about this, there were some things Andrew Schaefer got wrong, but there were a lot of things he got right. Um, so, you know, I think, I think that's true. We can really tie in some of, some of even that storyline, maybe. Well, Hallmark Movies and Mysteries, I know you're not as into the Movies and Mysteries channel, but maybe this is a Movies and Mysteries um, movie, and maybe Joe Biden is solving the mystery in some way. <laughs> or maybe that's a whole other movie we could come up with. Um, but I think we just have a lot of options out there. So then the challenges we need, I, I'd love to see one set in Old Newcastle that's sort of of the period. So, um, so, sweets church. so I think we storyboarded um, at one point like a Kalmar Nickel type thing. Maybe he is sort of a, a museum type who's coming in to restore the ship, but he doesn't really understand like the cultural aspect of, of the Kalmar Nickel and its season. And maybe she is more like Delaware Historical Society. So they're sort of coming from different sides, mm -hmm. but, but for the same end goal. If um, we wanted to do that one at Christmas, there could be something about the big Christmas concert at the Grand or Delaware Opera. Yeah. Uh, well, like and Old Sweets Church being, I think, the oldest church, sweet old, yes, that yes. denomination, um, they do the, there are some very special things that go on. You know, there's a certain child that's um, girl that is selected to wear the crown of candles. Yeah, uh, so there's yes. a, there are a whole lot of Swedish I, traditions. We learned about this in Kirsten. Meet Kirsten. Well, really, it was probably on Kirsten's girl. Christmas, an American Girl story. We recommend it to everyone who was a child under the age of ten. I didn't read it. Okay, Dara didn't read <laughs> like, it, I have but read I read it, it and I remember, and I'm sure you yep. do. And to be honest, that's probably for both of us our knowledge of Swedish Christmas traditions. Well, I had I had a friend at my first job when I moved to Delaware who her husband was from Sweden, and so I learned a lot about the traditions from her. Very nice. And so, you know, I think that's great to pull something like that in because it's very Delaware. You know, the Swedish were the first ones to settle. We have a lot of um, cultural roots here um, in a lot of the names of things that people don't always realize. Um, so I think that's great. But I, I think that's going to wrap it up. We've given you guys sort of some, some movies of all the seasons and some different options and even, even a potential mystery solved by Joe Biden. Mm -hmm. So, again, these are our Hallmark ideas, but if anyone is really intrigued by them, um, we're open to hearing from Lifetime, and Netflix has a, a growing number of made-for-Netflix Christmas movies. Um, so please get in touch, and we are happy to be your Delaware experts. And right. We're, we're open to acting as showrunners, producers, whatever you're looking for. Um, but in reality, maybe this will be like an ebook that you can download for a dollar on Amazon one day. So if you're interested in that, let us know that too. <laughs> so Dee, with that, I think we're coming to the end of the episode. And I feel like we're almost coming to the end of December, even though we're really in the middle of it. We're in the middle of it, but you know, my class already ended. Last week was the last day for the class I teach. I think yours is is this week. This week is the last day of class. So for me. we're we're wrapping up. For mm -hmm. us, that that as soon as class is over, I feel like Christmas is here for us, you know. Um, but with that, I've got my holiday party for work coming up. We're going to Del Pez. They were really accommodating, and they're going to put us in their private room and open the bar up for us. Um, and do like a taco bar. So we're going to sort of have like a, um, a Christmas fiesta, holiday fiesta, <laughs> if you will. And my holiday party's fun because we all, um, we all wear ugly Christmas sweaters. Oh, that's um, fun. So I actually, I really upped my game this year. I have a dress. So an ugly sweater, dress. an ugly sweater dress. And it, it's great. It's great. So I'm going to wear that and we do a fun gift exchange. So this year the theme is, or the rules, I guess, are $5 at the Dollar Tree. Um, and the items have to start with the letters E, L, and F. Oh, okay. So I already bought mine. I was so excited. Can um, you say what it is? Yes. I don't think any of my coworkers will listen to the podcast. <laughs> so, um, I went for some eyeshadow, um, foundation lipstick so I did sort of like a full okay. makeup theme so it's five different items and you know I'm kind of impressed with how much makeup you could get for five dollars at the Dollar Tree. Well it is the Dollar Tree. Um, so 
Speaking of places to go, a restaurant that I really like to go to around the holiday season is Cantwell's Tavern because um, it's just so cozy and festive in there. They have fireplaces. They usually have some sort of specialty seasonal cocktail like a mulled wine. It's down in Odessa, which you also might know for having the charming Odessa Christmas tour. And I was looking it up and I noticed that uh, Cantwell's Tavern was recently on the best small town restaurant in Delaware list for Thrillist. I do love the state-by-state -state listicles. Um, one of the things that's so cool about Delaware with those is that we almost always know the place because yeah. Delaware always have an opinion on it. We do because Delaware is so small. I think a lot of the geographically larger states, like there's a good chance that you will never even be in the vicinity of the place listed. Mm -hmm. So I love that about Delaware. Um, one of the other things I love about Delaware is, of course, the choir school. So I just want to do one more shout out. I'm really looking forward to this. Um, I, on Saturday morning, have two things going on. One, I'm running the Delaware Downhill 5K, which runs from Rockford Park down the Brandywine and then back up the Brandywine on the north side to the Brandywine Zoo parking lot. It's sponsored by Frank's Wine, so they always have a champagne finish line, which I love, and that will actually wrap up my New Year's resolution. Um, but the other thing I'm doing on Saturday is going to the choir school performance. They're having their Sounds of the Season concert at 7.30 at First and Presbyterian, um, which is right across from the Hotel DuPont. So hopefully we'll see some listeners. I'll be at the ticket table checking people in. You can actually get $10 off your ticket if you buy using the coupon code DARLING at checkout. Um, and we're, we're just really excited about that. So thanks again to, for joining us. And I hope that everyone is enjoying watching Christmas movies and slash or getting out of the house and doing all your festive Delaware activities. Thanks for listening to the Della Darling podcast. If you want to follow us on social media, we are at Della Darling pod on Instagram and Twitter and the Della Darling on Facebook.